One thing about mama, she is going to make sure that everyone else is taken care of before she even thinks about treating herself. So if you are looking for the perfect gift to make mom feel special this Mother's Day, make sure you check out the Mega Moisture Duo from Osea Malibu because body care is self-care. Since 1996, Osea has been making clean, clinically proven, seaweed-infused skincare. So this Mother's Day, treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GSPP at OseaMalibu.com. Plus, you'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code GSPP for 10% off. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You can wish for it or you can work for it. You gotta work for greatness. If you ain't working, you should be working. Welcome to Confessions of a Workaholic, where we share the untold success secrets of fearless female entrepreneurs who are obsessed with success. This is your girl, Coriel. So excited to welcome you to a super special episode of Confessions. If you happen to enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe, like, share, tell a friend to tell a friend, and be sure to leave a five-star review. So as you all know, we recently celebrated our 100th episode. Yes, that is right. We ain't new to this. We are true to this. And to celebrate episode 100, we hosted our very first live podcast right here in ATL at the God is Dope store. But since we have listeners all around the world, I didn't want to leave y'all hanging. I didn't want y'all to feel left out. And so I wanted to let you in on all of the fun we had. So this week, you are going to get the audio from our live podcast, which features workaholic wisdom from David Shands, Maddie J., Andrew Wynn, and Justin Owens. And the event was hosted by my girl LB in partnership with Stylish iDiva. Be sure to shop and support at thegoodvibebracelets.com. Stay tuned for this week's episode. It's called Confessions of a Workaholic. That's right. You already know that this is her motto, but I'm going to give it to you. You already have everything you need to get everything you want. You just had to work for it. Now I need everybody in here. Start clapping now. Start clapping now. Start clapping now. Give it up for my girl, your girl, our favorite workaholic, Miss Korea. Thank you for coming, for looking so beautiful. Give it up for yourselves. All right, 
give you this mic in just a minute, but we got to go ahead and just ask a couple of questions. Okay. Um, now, this is, of course, your 100th episode, but you had to start way back with number one. Yes. I want you to think back to that very first episode, who you were at that time and how you evolved over the last 99 episodes. It's kind of embarrassing to even think back to who and what I was doing in 2015, but the evolution hasn't been televised, right? Y'all have been a part of the growth. Who was around in the Single Wives Club days? Okay, okay. So you've seen the growth and you've been a part of the growth and you all are literally the reason why I'm able to do the things that I've done because as I've evolved, you all have supported me. Um, So a huge difference from 2015. However, I learn on every single episode. Like... I only saw like a couple hands when she asked how many people listen to the podcast. You saw that? I saw that. I only saw a couple uh, hands. So y'all are definitely going to have to go and get familiar. But on every single episode, you have no idea how much you can learn just from hearing somebody else's experience. What? Jesus' name. Keep it going. Okay. Um, that was God. God, God that's dope. And he's in the building. Spirit is in the building. Um, but just from hearing people's perspective. And so I've had some really amazing women on the show who you will see on Instagram and you think they got it all together like we always do. But we're really sharing the real for real what's going on when, you know, you're knocked down and, and you got to figure out, you know, you got to come out fighting. So um, every episode I learn something new and I'm growing and learning every week. Right, give it up. Give it up for that answer. God is in the building because he's dope. Now, there are a lot of creators. Where are my creators in the audience? Oh, yeah. There they go. Well, then there you go. That's your audience. Um, now, as creators, I'm probably asking this question for myself because I'm also a creative, but you are creatives who create content, correct? Yes. Korea, yes. you're going to have to confess. What's the secret to creating content that's still captivating all of your audiences, 100 episodes, um, episodes later. What's the I, secret? Authenticity and, and the realness that you said. That is the one thing. Like, if you go read the, the reviews that we get, I get DMs every single week from women who are like, you don't even know what I was going through. You don't even know, you know, what, how much this touched me and how much um, I needed it. So I think definitely just being able to share our real true stories from a voice that is relatable, from someone who looks just like you, from someone who's doing the things that you aspire to do, I think that, you know, the relatability and our authenticity. Very good. All right, give it up for that, y'all. So we're going to go ahead and turn this mic over to Cole. She is going to get the panel get it popping. started. And then I'll be back a little later, all right? Let's give it up for Corio, y'all. All right, so who's ever been to a live podcast? Me either. So listen, <laughs> this is my interpretation of a live podcast, okay? So we're going to do this thing together. I'm excited. But for those of you who don't know, um, Confessions of a Workaholic shares the untold success secrets of fearless female entrepreneurs. So for the last 100 episodes, it's been nothing but ladies. And so I thought for the 100th episode, we can learn from everybody, right? So I thought for the 100th episode, um, I would bring together some of my favorite male entrepreneurs who all have a wealth of different experiences. They're all doing amazing things. I'm sure you all know who they are. Um, And so I'm going to go ahead and I'll bring you up first, David. Come on, David. David Shan. I thought he was going to give. Oh, 
So I don't even, I mean, I have like an official real deal, um, like bio for David, but me and David go way, way, way back. Like back when neither one of us were authors, um, we were just really trying to figure out like how we wanted to explore entrepreneurship, what we really wanted it to look like. And David has supported me tremendously over the years. So I'm so excited to have you, David. And I could not bring together the fellas without having you. So give David a round of applause. Um, let me let me give you a real what he really does though, so y'all can follow and support. So he is the creator, the founder, the brains behind Sleepers for Sucker clothing brand, which I'm sure you all have heard of. If you've ever been to Cumberland, I'm sure he has stopped you and told you the story, or someone from his team has stopped you because he's so passionate about what he does. What started as a t-shirt brand has literally turned into conferences, to books, to a high school tour where he's literally giving back to um, the youth. So that's David Shands. Next up, we have Drew. Come on to the stage, Drew. So Drew is the co-founder of BYOB Retreat. Who's heard of BYOB? Last year was in DC, it looks so lit. I felt like I was definitely missing out, but I will be in the building this year. This year is in Atlanta. Memorial Day weekend, so definitely check it out if you haven't already. Um, so in addition to being the co-founder of the BYOB Live Retreat, he's also the co-founder of the O Agency, which specializes in branding. Next is Maddie J. So Maddie is like the king of e-commerce, okay? You name it, he's done it. Um, he's worked with all of your favorite artists from 2 Chainz to Kanye to Waka Flocka to all of them, okay? When, 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 it, <laughs> when it comes to um, e-commerce, he's definitely done it. CEO Millionaires, y'all familiar? Maddie, that's Maddie. So if you aren't familiar with these guys, you are familiar with their work. So now you get to put a face with their magic. Um, but he also has been killing it with Airbnb. So we're definitely going to talk about that too. Last but not least, come on, Justin Owens. All right, so Justin. You told us to sit here. We were right over there. You said, I want to talk. David did not pass the message correctly. One in the back. Yeah. Right. There you go. Okay. We can shift. I thought this is your chair. This looks like your chair. That's I don't Okay. <clears throat> so, right feed at the fellas, the fellas, the fellas. Um, so Justin has run, and he told you that, but he was wrong, has run and, own, run and owned a million dollar sales companies, and he's currently an investor in Forex, Forex and crypto. So please give Justin a round of applause. All right, so I have questions. But I definitely want this to be an interactive conversation. That, In my mind, that's what a live podcast is all about because what's the point of coming live if you can't be part of it? So definitely want this to be interactive. Um, we are going to save time for you all to ask questions. All of these questions were submitted, so we're going to get right into it. All right. So you all can just kind of jump in. And y'all don't have no mics, so can you talk loud? I think it'll be okay. All right, so y'all can jump in, and then I do have like specific questions for certain people. So, number one, um, all of you are in an industry that could be seen as quote unquote saturated. What is your advice for people who are looking to start a business in an industry where they feel like the competition is just crazy? Uh, I, I, I can start. I would say, um, y'all taking notes? 
This is going to be good information. So, um, yeah, never trust your memory. Never trust your memory. But I would say in, uh, in any saturated market, you have to create separation. Everything's saturated. But there's always going to be little pockets of... Um, of um, uniqueness, opportunity, absolutely. So let's think about it like this. There are, and I'll just kind of share my story, and Coriel does the same thing. Um, Coriel is a speaker, entrepreneur, right? Oh, sorry. All right, so let's say uh, Coriel is an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship is saturated, right? But then um, she built a community, right? But out of the people who are entrepreneurs and build communities, very few of them will write a book. So Coriel wrote a book. So she's an entrepreneur, built a community, and she wrote a book. But very few people who are entrepreneurs, write a book and build a community, are going to tour. So Coriel went on a tour. Make sense? Y'all see the separation? So she's an entrepreneur, built a community, she wrote a book, and she's doing a tour. But even people who do that won't put on a conference. Coriel puts on a conference. And look at the people that put on conferences. None of them are going out of the country. Coriel goes out of the country. So in a market of um, saturation, she's creating separation, just doing what a whole bunch of people aren't going to do. Go on and clap for that. That was a good answer. Oh, <laughs> Nobody else. Nobody else. All right. Um, I know that all of you can take this one. How important have relationships been to your career? And part two of that is what is your advice for people who want to build relationships? Because we all know the importance of people, right? Blessings always come through people. They come from God, but they come through people. So we know the importance of relationships, but when you're first getting started, you don't want to be like weird, you know, trying to meet people. So what is, how important have relationships been? And then what advice do you have for starting relationships and connecting with new people? I guess I'll do that one. Um, I think with a relationship, they just got to be genuine. I don't think, I think a lot of people jump into relationships with an intention. Like, I'm trying to connect with Coriel so she can put me on and blah, blah, blah. And people can feel that. Like, you can feel when somebody's trying to get something from you and all this kind of stuff. And what you got to do is just really, I, I believe, let it play out organically, meaning that it's going to take time. So the problem is a lot of times, is that me? No. Okay. The problem is a lot of times we're trying to rush the process and rush the relationship because we're trying to get to a goal quicker when you got to let time work for you. And you like we, we met a few years ago and it took time. Like I used to call Coriel all the time, like, look, when are you gonna let some guys get on the panel? Every year. Right? It took Every five year. years. <laughs> but now we're here, right? <laughs> but but here's the thing though, you, you really gotta I believe in building relationships with no intention. I really believe in that. If like me and Maddie, we met, we connected with no intention. I've known David since I was eighteen. I didn't get started, we didn't start building a relationship. I'm like, you know, one day David's gonna make me rich. You know what I'm saying? Brent, Drew, we met one time at one of David's events. It's just you just build relationships, and then if something happens, then it happens. And if it doesn't, then you connect them with people that can help make it happen. And then before you know it, you're 30, 40 years old, and you have a lot of relationships. Here's what I would tell you. A lot of people, um, there was an article that was wrote that a lot of people, by the time they're 35, they cut off their circle, meaning they're not going to add anybody else into it. So if you wait too long to start building some legitimate relationships, at a certain point, people are like, I just don't want nobody else around me. So you got to get in there, but you got to be genuine. And if you can't get in there, find a way. Like, Coriel's got a book. Buy the book. Add some value. Listen to the podcast. If she drops something or somebody up here that you like, David buys a shirt. I used to buy shirts all the time. Right? So you find ways to add value to them. And then eventually, if you're planting those seeds, it'll grow for you. 
check. Okay, um, so I, I agree 100%. I will say also that I think that um, if, I think that you can be intentional with serving. If you want to get to the right person, I think the fastest way is to, I mean, if you do have an intent, then just have an intent to serve because a lot of times if you don't have the money, the resources, or, or the connection already, um, you can give your time. And if that time is worth something to somebody, um, everybody needs more hands, more resources, more more help. You know what I'm saying? You just got to find that angle. I know when I first started, literally, like, didn't know anybody, didn't have anything. I think there's two ways to kind of gain access to the ideal partner, mentor, whatever it is, right, or client. If one is either you have to get that relationship, right, which takes time or, or requires you to serve uh, a significant amount of time until you prove yourself. The other way is to have to work with somebody or partner with somebody who already has that relationship. So that's kind of how, that's what I did with my marketing agency when we started. And that's how we started, like, within the first year, we started working with a lot of pro athletes and et cetera, et cetera. Because I didn't have that relationship, but I knew who they went to the club with every day. Right, and so I partnered up with him. You know what I'm saying? Create a connection, build something there, and then had him, you know, uh, a massage or do the business development for that. And then we would cut each other off the feet. He has his role, I have my role. And that's how we do there. And then once you serve that role, um, we really grew. Once you do a good job for one guy, it's like, yo, here's my guy, here's my guy, here's my guy. And now we represent like tons and tons of different. Um, athletes and CEOs, all that good stuff, purely just off of relationships, off of word of mouth. But I know that the beginning is the very, very hardest part because it's going to take a considerable amount of time, but you can expedite that time by serving or by working with somebody who already has served in that capacity. Okay, so all of you wear multiple hats. You do several different things. You have your hands in lots of different projects. What advice do you have um, for people who don't really know how to prioritize or have multiple ideas but don't really know which one they should jump on first? Maddie. The reason why she said Maddie is I struggled with that really bad the last three years. So with, uh, with creatives, one of the, you guys should just mention it. One of the biggest problems creatives have is they always come up with new ideas over and over and over and over again. So a lot of creatives, they don't have a, a very important side, which is um, not just creative skills, administrative skills. Administrative skills requires you to have proper time management, proper leadership, knowing what's priority. So the question is, what's priority? Depends on what your goal is, but a lot of people don't know what their goal is. You don't know where the destination is. It's very difficult to create the, the GPS to get there. So with me, for the last three years, um, um, I was taught that you should be a jack of all trades. I've come to realize that um, there's another term. Well, you become a master of none of them. Jack of all trades, master's at, master of none. Right. So what I realized through that was um, focusing on one thing really gets you to that, that target really more quicker and more efficiently. And, um, and you, you're, the process is more, what's the word I want to use? Um, you have to endure, but it's, it's less stressful. Less stressful getting there, streamlined. Yeah. So for me, the last three years, when somebody used to ask me, hey, what do you do? It was very difficult for me to give them an answer. <laughs> Very difficult, right? And I justified it by saying, well, because I can do everything, I can have conversations with anybody. Yes, everything has its pros and cons, but at the end of the day, are you happy? There's a lot of people who do a lot of good things, a lot of great things, but they're really, really stressed out. And they're working, as you guys heard, they're working on their business, or working in their business. on. So um, as far as my advice on how to overcome that situation is really focus on the number one thing that's truly going to move your heart to create some type of legacy. When I mean legacy, I'm not talking about legacy on this earth. 
if you have a spiritual or uh, faith-based, uh, the legacy is trying to get into the kingdom of heaven. So for me, that's what I found. I'm trying to make business investments to heaven. Right? A lot of people are doing things um, on, this, on this earth and knowing that it's not going to last. So the mo- number one thing I'm trying to do right now is to not just serve people, but really understand people. And in order to understand, you have to stand under. So that's why I realized the last um, couple of years. <laughs> so, so I just want to add to it because I, I just started a new process today that helped me a lot. So maybe this will help you guys too, right? I think what Maddie uh, said was really dope, high level, right? You want to be focused on, on that big vision, goal, legacy, whatever that piece is. But like, what does that look day to day? And this is something I literally just started today because sometimes we have like to-do lists, stuff like that, right? And... A couple of years ago, I read a book called 4-Hour Workweek. It kind of helps you with some productivity it stuff. Hurts. It's cool. Yeah. Today, I came up with a new system that I think a lot of people probably already do, but I just started and it worked for me, which was basically, I don't even write a to-do list. I, um, in my calendar, I switched from, do you guys use Google Calendar or stuff like that? So I, I used to have it on monthly view, and I would just kind of see overall. But I had to like pinpoint down to the week and to the day, and now I'm looking at it by the day. Then I literally added my tasks Day, like hour by hour by hour. Then there's like a little red bar that just goes on throughout the day. And so now you feel like you're racing a clock against the, the clock and the time. And it's like you're, you're racing against your work. And it's like it makes your work actually, actually a little bit more enjoyable. It's like you're gamifying that process of getting the work done. And it's worked a lot for me because instead of saying, oh, I got these 10 things I got to do. It's like you get it done exactly when you get it done. And then you feel good at the end. Time blocking. Yeah. Time blocking, y'all. Time blocking. Um, okay, so individual questions. David, um, one of the amazing projects that you are a part of is the E-Complex here in Atlanta. Who's heard of the E-Complex? E-Complex, ATL, event space, got to check it out. For anybody in this room that might be interested in taking their business to the next level where they might be just doing business online now, but now they want a storefront or a studio or you know some type of brick and mortar, what is that one thing that you wish somebody would have told you that you can now pass on as a lesson just about owning a physical location? Uh, I would say one thing that, uh, that, act, that really, really helped was I didn't go at it alone. Mm. I didn't go at it alone. I, w- I'm, I would say that I'm the, the personality or the brand in front, but I have two partners and we split all the money three ways. Like Brandon. Where's Brandon? Brandon, he's one of my partners and my other partner, Janae. We all have amazing things that we do in that business. But for one, you got to figure out a way to pay for that space every single day. Like y'all see, this is a clothing store. But y'all see what we're doing here? Right, like you have to, you, like the, the rent don't stop. It's every day. You write down how much do you pay every single day. So um, for right now, unless you have somewhat of a following or somewhat of a traffic source, I would stay away from brick and mortar. Just because you have an idea, like, I, I, I can see it. It's a vision. I see the colors, but you don't see the customers. <laughs> I know how I want it to lay out. And it's, it's a dream, but I'm asking you. I built my business. So I, I got a kiosk in the mall, but um, I had so much traffic going to my house. The only reason I got a kiosk in the mall is because I had to get all these people out of my house. I still had a job working at the Cheesecake Factory. And I'm like, yo, come to the crib, come to the crib, come to the crib. And I had so much traffic, people coming to buy shirts from my house. 
And it, it wasn't about, oh, I got this vision of having a storefront. It was solving a problem, okay? I know if I got this amount of traffic coming to my house, I can redirect them to the mall, and plus I'll have the mall traffic. So it worked out well. But if you're thinking about a brick and mortar space, I'm just asking you to figure out a way to build some traffic somewhere for free right now and then go into brick and mortar to answer the question. Okay, so Drew, this one is for you because you put together not just an event, but a huge event, like thousands of people. What is your advice for someone who's interested in getting into the event space? It's, it's, yeah, yeah. I'm like, Don't do it. <laughs> Y'all saw that caterer canceled on me today, right? Y'all saw that? Listen, events, okay? Events, events, events. I think with anything, what you should do is, I think it's great if you value, I think there's lots of value in, in just offline interaction, right? Obviously, that's why people do events. That's why brands do activations, touching people, letting people feel certain things and see certain things. Um, helps build that resonance uh, faster than something that they see online, especially in a super saturated internet world and market. I think that um, similar to kind of um, what David said earlier, I think the idea though is you just want to minimize risk, right? So like whether you're doing a storefront, whether you're doing an event, anything that has upfront capital or cost, you know, you want to have proof of concept. You want to have, you know, some idea of something working and then building up from there. Um, um, it, I don't think people should, I don't, like, I think the way we did it was, I mean, we, we threw our first conference and, you know, over a thousand people came through, but I had a very, very strategic game plan and I analyzed a lot of things in order to figure out how to make that happen. And so, um, and I would say that that's basically, if you had to visualize that, it's basically, you know, what you see is the iceberg, top of the iceberg, everything underneath of it, which is like 80% of the work, nobody sees. And so, um, you know, maybe maybe another thing that I would say just to add to this is any in anything, storefront events, uh, working with or having someone who has done it before, right? Just to kind of help you understand um, what am I not seeing? One of my favorite quotes is you don't know what you don't know. It's, it literally like hit me like a ton of bricks um, many, many years ago. So I, I, I'm very, very humble about everything because you know, you just don't realize that it might not work until it doesn't work. And so having someone who's been down that road or experience definitely will help you. Um, events are very, very stressful, but I think that um, if, if you can do it, um, there's a lot of brand value um, that, that's very hard to quantify, but it means a lot. Um, and so if you understand that, then I think events are great, but I think that you should start small, start, uh, 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 start as cheap as you can, you know, whether it's uh, getting a co-sponsored space like this or a WeWork or, or a, um, a community space or a co-working space, you know, uh, get spaces that you can get for free and then get sponsors and just, just do it as, as cheaply as possible um, before you, you try to uh, build something a lot bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, yeah. All right, so Justin, your specialty is sales, which for people who are starting out in business, a lot of us are turned off or intimidated by the thought of having to sell. We're uncomfortable with it. We don't want to feel like pushy salesmen, but you are selling and you've had lots of experience selling different things um, and to lots of different people. So what is your biggest advice for someone? Because regardless of the business, you have to sell. Like, it doesn't matter how uncomfortable you are, you have to do it. What's your advice for someone who gets cold feet or doesn't know how to close a deal or can't just have that conversation? Um, I would say if you're trying to be an entrepreneur, you got to get over that quick. Right. Um, I mean, because, and, and I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this because 
I, but I think a lot of people, when it comes to entrepreneurship, you really just got to grow up a little bit. It's not about, I don't really like this. Well, you got to do it. I don't like tracking a lot of stuff, but I got to do it. I, I got to travel a couple in a couple weeks. Well, actually, tomorrow in a couple days, there's a lot of stuff about my business I don't like to do. But they're effective. They got, I got to do it. In sales, if you're going to be in business, you ask anybody up here at this panel, sales is a part of it. Why? Because that's how you get money. So people want money, but they don't want sales. You got to figure that out. But what I would say is you got to work on, a lot of people are always trying to figure out how to close. And closing, in my opinion, is an all-the-time process. It's not like the end of the conversation. It's not like, hey, I'm talking to you for 30 minutes in the last 60 seconds, that's the close. No. The close is the entire process. I got to be closing you the entire way. From the first time that I see you, when I walk in, I'm closing you. All right, there's a reason I dress the way that I dress and I drive what I drive. Why? Because I know people judge people, especially being an African-American male. They're looking at me. They're looking at reasons why not to do business with me. So I walk in, I pull up. They're going to be like, oh, OK, what does he do? I don't know what he did. He must be doing something that is doing well for him. So now I got to listen to him. So you got to look at yourself and see if you're you, sometimes everything you're saying is right. But the way you looking is wrong and you lost the sale. So you got to figure out what is that missing component. And what I used to do at the beginning was I used to have these conversations, Coriel, and people were like, man, that was a great presentation. But I'm not going to do it. I was like, what? Well, it wasn't that good. Because <laughs> if it was good, you would have been doing it. But I start figuring that out. Okay, well, what is it? And now I know 90% of the time, a lot of time with people is their finances. Right? And so I had to get better at that. So you got to figure out, okay, if it's, it's not just closing sales. It's really a problem. And I learned this when I had my call center is that uh, most people's objections a lot of times are smoke screens anyway. They're not the real objections. And so if you're not careful with sales, you end up spending a lot of time answering stuff that's not really the real question, right? Like some people are like, I got to talk to my spouse. I'm like, your spouse? So, and then I learned, I said, okay, well, wait a minute. Well, if you were to talk to your spouse now, what do you think the objection would be? They ain't never talked to their spouse yet. Right. But when they tell me what it is, that's really what? Their objection. Right. So now I got to figure out, okay, well, that's your objection. I got to fix that before you go talk to your spouse. Because if you go talk to them, you definitely not going to sell it the way that I was just selling it. Exactly. Right. Or I got to get you to move out the way, get me on the phone with that person. So, you know, it depends on what avenue when it comes to sales. But it's just really being I think it starts with being a good person, understanding how to communicate with people. And you got to get over that thing of I don't like to sell. I don't like to sell. I think that's really the, the extra space. Look at what everybody else is afraid to do and don't want to do. You get good at it, you're going to make a lot of money. Because a lot of people that look like they're doing good, they're not really doing that good. Right. I'm telling you all that right now. I meet a lot of people. They, they look good, but they broke. Anybody been there? Yeah. I've been there. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's a tough road, right? <laughs> it's a tough road. But, but once you get past it, it's developing the skills. It's not rushing the process. It's about learning how to get the skills. And once you get the skills, then it becomes easy. All right, so Maddie, this is for you, and this is Airbnb. Yeah. And not just Airbnb, you're doing Toro. Yeah, yeah. So we have seen the Facebook and Instagram ads for Toro, but do y'all really know how it works? No. Me either. So explain to us how Toro works, how we can be a part of it, Money. and all of the shots, all of the rentals that Maddie has. It. So what are like the basics for just, you know, the, the basic things that people want to know about getting started? Gotcha. All right, so as she mentioned, I started... Turo, which is basically a car rental business. So it's as easy as uploading a picture on Facebook. You upload your picture for your car, 
title it and price it, and actually people can book your car and drive it out instead of going to an enterprise Hertz budget, right? Real simple. So we're in the car sharing world, right? So it's not limited just to Uber. Mm. You can literally give somebody your car, the keys, they pay you $50 a day, and takes care of your car note, plus profit. So I actually tried it out with my Tesla. So back about six months ago, I, don't, I keep the Sabbath day, so I don't work on Saturdays. So somebody told me, yo, man, there's a website that you can put your car on on Saturdays instead of just sitting there doing nothing. You should try it out. So I put it on there. Um, the day I put it on there, it got booked for $100, right? But a lot of people, when they share their successes, they don't share the pitfalls that was behind the scenes, mm-hmm. right? So $100 came in, right? But I had to deliver the car to the airport. How am I going to get back home? Right. <laughs> I have to take a $20 Uber back home. Right. She drops the car off at the, at the uh, airport. Is it free to leave the car at the airport? No. $32. <laughs> Where we at? 52? $52. $52. How am I going to go pick up the car? Right. Another 20 <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So a lot of um, people, when they share their, their income, screenshots of money, we want to know not the, the gross. We need to know the, the name. Right? So I was doing the math, but I realized some of those things were actually my fault. I can actually eliminate those costs. And when you go to car rental places, there's, there's ways that they actually make their money. Um, does anybody know? Insurance. Insurance, right? Fees. That's how they really make their money. Um, if you go over your mileage, that's a fee. If you bring the car dirty in some places, that's a fee. Right? And that's actually how I had to apply to um, my business model. So after I was going over it for a month, I was making about $6,000 profit a month on one car. So the math made sense. So I went to the dealership because I had good credit. I already did, like God already prepared the situation. I go to the dealership, I got two cars. I got a Corvette and Maserati. After I did research. Research says when people want to come to Atlanta, they want the Flex, they want the Corvettes and Maserati. Right? Um, so that's what happened. So I got those two cars, no money down, and I had to immediately upload it to um, Turo because, like you said, every day it's costing money. Mm-hmm. So if my car note is nine eighty, I'm paying what fifty, sixty dollars a day, mm-hmm. right? So I had to immediately get it on the platform. So as soon as I put it on the platform, all the cars are booking like almost every day. It's crazy, right? So the more I was doing it, I was posting about it. Naturally, when you post situations like that, people ask you, like, yo, how did you do it? And nine times in ten, when somebody asks that question, they don't want any fluff. They don't want to hear, you worked hard, you grinded hard. They need to know exactly what time you woke up, how much did you spend, what relationships you had. Give them the details. That's how I am. So I knew I needed to give the details. So what I was doing as I was building my business is I was documenting everything. That's the biggest thing. While you build your business, document Everything, because there's going to be a time where somebody's going to ask you, how did you do it? You don't have to give them fluff. Here's what I did, right? And that's what actually what happened. So that transition to, after I was doing the cars, naturally when people come into town for cars, what else do they, do they need? Places to stay. Places to stay. So Airbnb is a platform for that. So um, there's something called master leasing. Knock on a homeowner's door who's running their property. Propose. Now that I got a Corvette and I-8 and Mercedes, I can pull up to the homeowner and say, can we do business? I want to rent out your home, and put it on Airbnb. It's going to sound crazy to them, right? But if you propose it in the right way and you offer them 50-50, she's going to do it. So that's what happened. So I now have six properties in Atlantic Station booked out. Um, there's pitfalls, though. I don't like always sharing. I really like sharing the drama because the drama is crazy. 
I'll, I'll be here talking all day. Share a little bit of the All right, so Corvette. Yeah, this is a crazy one. So Corvette, I parked my Corvette in front of one of my townhouses. I have GPS on all my cars. My mentor told me that he has three GPSs in his cars. I was like, why? Well, it's car thieves. They know to take the GPS out. When you take one out, right, they think they're good, but there's two more in there. So that's what I did. However, that didn't save me in this situation. Why? Because I left my door open one day. On my way, rushing to church, I have the ability to lock my car doors from my app, but I forgot to do it because I was in a rush, right? I look at my app to see where my car is at. It's two blocks away from where I parked it. Gas on E. It's like, what's going on here? So I sent one of my, my team members to go check on it. He said, yeah, it's gone. I'm not tripping too much because I have insurance, right? That's what insurance is for. So I call police. Police, somebody stole my car, <laughs> right? He says, there's nothing we can do. You have to be at the location to report it, which makes sense because when you call 911, it pings the nearest de uh, department near you. I can't call Norcross police when my situation is in Midtown. So I have to drive all the way to Midtown, call the police again. Police shows up to my door, acts like I'm the criminal. So where's your car? Somebody stole it. <laughs> so who stole your car? That's your child. <laughs> right? Luckily, I knew where the car was. It was only two blocks away. So I told them where it was at. They went. They found the car. Luckily, right? Got to the car. I have the app. I can unlock it. There's no keys. So I'm thinking that the people who stole the car were just wanted to go on a joyride. They didn't want to actually steal it. Joyride. It's a high-profile car. We did our thing. Here's the car back. And we just forgot to give you keys. That's what I'm thinking, right? So I call my insurance. Insurance says, okay, we'll send a tow truck out for you because you can't drive the car, right? An hour later, they're supposed to come. They didn't ever showed up. So I had to leave, right? On my way back, I look at the GPS again. Guess what's happening to the car? It's moving. <laughs> then I got to call the same police officer back and tell them. They was already pissed off in the first situation. Now how they tra treated me when I told them it was stolen again, right? <laughs> I'm seeing the GPS. I'm frantic because I have GPS. I have OnStar. I'm calling OnStar. Yet there's nothing they can do. I have to call the police first, and police have to call them. All this time is being wasted. The frustration wasn't my car being stolen. It was the process. And I realized, why is God putting me through this? I am horrible at patience. So God teaches you patience through these situations. Yeah. The question is, are you going to pass the test? Right. Right. right? So the only thing that got me through was me saying, okay, this is a test. I'm going to make it through, mm -hmm. right? So the car's moving south. South is where they take the GPS up, East Point. All-Star right? <laughs> says, yeah, your, your car has been, uh, GPS has been compromised. It's gone. Nothing I can do, right? The dude who stole the car parked the car under a camera. So the detective got the picture, sent it to me. He says, Matthew, do you know who this is? I said, I don't know. But luckily, because of all my networking, I posted on my Instagram. I said, does anybody know who this is? <laughs> Yo, Matthew, we know exactly who that is. His name. <laughs> Gave me his first name, last name, IG, Facebook. Called me and said, man, I don't like that dude. <laughs> I'm like, dang, like that. So I, I said to the detective, the detective, detective confirms it was him and sends a warrant out for his arrest. Two weeks passed, though. I see him still on Instagram. Posted heavy. I'm like, what's going on? I didn't send him no DM. I wanted to leave. I didn't want no street justice. I wanted the police to take care of it, right? So, yeah. Instagram justice. IG justice. So the police said Grand Theft Auto is low on the priority list. They don't care at all, basically. If they find it, they find it. 
Or somebody with a black jean left their blinkers on. Right. So, so as they told me, huh? Nah, 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 mind. So they told me that um, they're basically when they find it, they find it, right? Tell me why. In my church, I'm, we have a chat room, right? Think about this situation. They weren't looking for the dude. We have a chat room for all the new members and new baptisms. I'm taking a nap, right? One of my employees says, bro, you will never believe this. Check your phone right now. I see him smiling like this. I said, yeah. This situation crazy. Yo, I, I, I called a missionary. I said, missionary, the person you just baptized, yeah, he was the one who stole my car. He said, no, no. I said, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was crazy, right? Um, and the business, this is back to the businesses. Um, I built this business not for extra income. It was actually to fund the Bible studies I host. So this business is really God's business. You steal from God. God will take care of it, right? I didn't have to do nothing. He literally got baptized in the church I attend. Out of all the churches, this is the Bible Belt. This is a church right next to a church, right next to a church, right next to a church. But he was baptized in the church that me and my brother right, right here attend, right? So the missionary says, well, he can't be a member unless he takes care of this. So he tells them that if you want to be a member of this church, you have to turn yourself in. By God's grace, he was remorseful and he turned himself in for this situation. That showed it where his true heart really was. God is dope, y'all. God is dope. <laughs> <laughs> well, All right, give my fellas a round of applause. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.